Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tinkup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. We are live at Insights, that's Ceridian and Dayforce's user conference. They're changing their name uh, in January to Dayforce, so they're moving from Ceridian to Dayforce, and uh, very exciting uh, news, a lot of announcements and things like that, so follow the hashtag, Insights23. Um, I've got Dan with me today, and we're going to talk a little bit about PwC, so why don't we do um, why don't we do introductions first? Would you do us a favor and, and tell us a little bit about what you do at PwC? Yeah, absolutely. And we've done some of these podcasts yes, before, so excited to see you again. Um, Dan Staley, I'm a partner at PwC, and I'm in our HR transformation and technology practice. So um, over the last, gosh, getting coming close to 40 years. At a certain point, you stopped you know, eight years. Exactly, you're <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I've actually really focused on in the HR tech space, so um, helping you know organizations transform with tech. So everything I do is tends to be on the digital side, and um, that's you know, a lot of what I do. In terms of kind of current role, um, I I do lead our Dayforce Alliance in the U.S. So that's um, oh, you know, wow. part of my job. Oh, that's fantastic! Well. So, yeah, and do you have a different uh, different partner that handles the uh, outside of the U.S.? We do. Yes, yeah. we've got we've so, got a partner in there. They're all here at the conference. We've got kind the, of two. The, the business is picking up. Yeah, two co-leads in the UK and, yeah. you know, the acquisition they made recently. Yep. And so uh, a lot of growth over there as well. Yeah, that's, that's uh, well, you've got enough to hold. You've got enough to keep you busy just here. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it, and it, it really does help. Uh, a lot of the Dayforce projects are global in yeah. nature. And yeah, and so it, it does help to have that strong presence over in the UK and, and beyond. And so it's just all kind of part of the. Growth strategies. How long have you been with PwC? I have been with PwC since 2011. Okay. And then before that, you know, various other uh, right, organizations. Right. But um, you've been in this space for... I've been in the HR tech space, yes, I would say since, I'd say, mid-90s. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, too. so I've been, been around for a long, long time. If, if you can do the PeopleSoft uh, versions, yeah. you, you've been in the industry. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, I want to say it was like, you're probably before me, I think I was like five point something or other. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if you could do those, yeah, yeah, you, you're you're exactly. battle you're battle tested. Exactly, it all gets traced back to to, to the hat. It right? does, and on the and what I found is there's two kind of uh, trees or that kind of come up, and one of those people's off clearly, and the other one on the recruiting side is brass ring. Yep, and so people kind of came out of brass ring and did all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff, and still do. It's crazy yeah. kind of how incestuous, if you mm-hmm. will, that has been. So. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the work that you're doing at PwC right now. Yeah. What are you What are you seeing? What's What's some of the things that for customers are are kind of pinging you about, and you're just starting to hear more and more about? And I know y'all do a ton of surveys, and you're always mm-hmm. touching base with not just your customers, but the broader kind of what's going on in HR and transformation in general. But like, what's top of mind for folks? Yeah, I think. I mean. You know, coming out of the pandemic, of course, it was all about just the different kind of work where workforce was and the hybrid model and all that. And, and um, you know, some of the same pressures have stayed constant on HR departments, which is really, you know, driving more efficiency, doing more with less, um, driving up employee engagement, um, driving up the experience. So all that stays pretty consistent. It feels right. like decade over decade. Right, right, right. Um, we use different words. Yeah, we use different words. But I think the big thing now is obviously the hot topic is Gen AI and, you know, corporate strategies around how we're using Gen, a- Gen AI. And, and you know, the HR departments are, are not immune to that. And so we get asked about that. Almost every client, every interaction is oh, yeah. like Gen AI. And it's a big, you know, it's a big theme of the conference so I far. Know. I know. Uh, a lot of discussion around that. So that is really a lot of what we're seeing. And, and we have... Um, 
you know, we have done some surveys recently within the firm and looking at that topic and ways clients are using it and also how employees are feeling about it. And right. there was an interesting survey we did where I think it was like one third of employees felt like Gen AI was not going to impact their jobs. And when we kind of dissected that number a little bit more, um, you know, it was an interesting break. It was like of the baby boomers, 44% right. didn't think it would, they were their roles were immune. Whereas I think the the millennials and the Gen Zers are a little bit more realistic about yeah. what the impact was going to be. Right. We also saw that the managers and above had a better appreciation for how Gen, a- Gen AI was going to be a disruptor versus kind of the non-managers. And so, but I think the key thing here is everyone needs to get ready for it. Right. And we are seeing a good number. I think it was like 80% of, of CHROs are either hiring some skilled people in that area yep. or doing training around that. And so that to me is really probably the big theme of 2024. Yeah, it seems like you know the way I've 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 drawn the uh, the metaphor for folks, practitioners in particular, is this is the internet. So go back to the mid nineties. Yeah, mm-hmm. people were talking about email and talking about the internet. And there was a there was a, there was the internet, but it wasn't as popular or um, or modernized, if you will, until there's browsers. Okay, this is kind of like that. It's mm-hmm. coming, and it will change everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything you touch, everything you see, it'll change that. But it's going to do it in a way that you are probably not comfortable with because, you know, the just change uh, in general. Um, and I think that the thing that I think you're getting asked the question, which is fascinating to me, but I also think it's too early. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm being honest, I think it's too early for them to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a perfect time to think about, okay, how should we be hiring? Which I think is great. And thinking about it in the future not so much now, like how do we use a large language model now? Because they're not that great yet. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've had this bit about artificial intelligence for a couple of years now. I'm like, it's artificial, yes. It's not intelligent. Yeah, that, that's true. And I, and I think the biggest use of it, it's, it's not that it replaces the roles. I think it augments. And that's the right. key way, to, I think, to look at it. Because it's the, that digital twin or you know, co-pilot, as, as, as Dayforce calls it. Yep. It's just my job can be a little bit different where I may be reviewing and, and evaluating, um, you know, some of that. And it was interesting because I, you know, I'm an Alabama fan and we had the, the roll, big— uh, Roll Tide. Yeah, roll, and so we had our, our Texas game coming up and I actually went to the game. And, of course, we didn't, didn't yep. fare too well, but okay. college game day was there. And yep. so I was at the dinner table with my son the night before and I said, I, I'd love to get and go to game day and have a sign, but I can't think of anything funny. He pulled out his phone. And he's like, just tell me a couple things about Texas. And I just gave him a couple little quips. And, and like the next thing I know, you know, Gen AI had like 40 game day sign ideas. And, you know, a lot of them were trash, but some of them were yeah. actually pretty brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. so my role was less kind of coming up with a sign. And it was more reviewing and saying, that's funny. That's not funny. Uh, so, you know, again, I think it's, it's, it's a, a good companion. It's a I great uh, co-pilot. It mm-hmm. is a wonderful co-pilot. And I think that's a great analogy of thinking about AI, and just not not just now, but probably even into the future, is you're like, there's this passenger with you that helps you. It's like your yep. navigator, you know, when you when you're yep. you're asking it questions and things like that. And I think learning how to ask questions mm-hmm. and learning how to the, the prompts and learning how to kind of get not just the data that you were thinking about, but even get the things that you weren't thinking about. Yeah. So I think we're going to get great yep. at asking questions. We're going to get better. So I think you all have a, a played a role or will play a role there with practitioners to get them to understand how to ask questions. Mm-hmm. 
to get the most out of, of generative AI. Yeah, I think it can do a lot in the performance management space, yep. at, you know, and kind of best fit analysis for jobs and roles and, um, you know, policy creation or policy management, uh, policy clarification. You know, that's going to be, I think, a big, a big push. And I think some of the use cases we haven't even thought of yet. Oh, yeah. To your point, it's early. It's early on, and so I, I do think it's an exciting. I think I think time. they'll recommend some of those use cases. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Yeah, as passengers are going to start to see things that we don't see, connect dots that we can't connect, mm-hmm. and then feed that back to us. Have yep. you thought about this? Mm-hmm. Have you thought about that? Um, let's talk a little bit about you know. I mean, you're here. I know you were here last year, but you're here probably multiple years. Well, why do you come? I mean, you could be anywhere in the world, but yeah. you know, you, you know, why are you here? Well, you know, as a as an alliance partner and and one of the top sponsors, um, you know, one of the reasons that we do we do come is a lot of our our clients are here and and our our, our prospects are here as well, and so we like to you know really help organizations take it to the next level. So for us, they're expecting us to be current on what's coming, right. uh, what the strategy is, and Good so point. part of it is just really making sure we're staying on the forefront. It's also a great time for us to connect with a lot of our Ceridian colleagues because they're here in mass. So right. as we have conversations about where to take the alliance, where to take, you know, um, the partnership, that that's one of the things that we we can use that time, you know, really focus. Oh yeah, uh, and obviously we're in the business of doing a day force implementation, so it's a good opportunity uh, to educate. You know, current clients, right. prospects on what PwC does that's different. Uh, and how we approach implementations a little differently. And I right. think that's a good opportunity for us to get that message out. And you're in a great location, too. because are a good spot. I mean, you've got yeah. the T-shirt stuff over there. You've got all kinds mm-hmm. of fun stuff. Like, that's I can right. see a lot of traffic going that way. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully there's a lot of prospects and customers. There are. We've had a lot of good conversations, and, and I think it's been positive for, for a lot of the people that are here, for sure. So tell me a little bit about 24. I mean, it's only three months away-ish. Mm. Um, and... I mean, you blink and 23 is gone, right? So what are questions that y'all are fielding right now from your from folks that are even looking into 24 and thinking about change? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they're getting rid of, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, older technology or something that they built a homegrown solution or Microsoft Office, whatever they're getting mm-hmm. rid of. You know, they're moving to a new technology. They know they want to move. Maybe they're not sure quite yet. Etc. Like, what are they asking you? Well, I think we're getting we're feeling a couple different kinds of questions, and we had a session on this earlier today. Oh, cool. uh, one is really just kind of maximizing the investment you've currently made, sort of get that ROI. And so, with a lot of current customers that maybe rushed through their implementation, yep. You know, we asked the question like, "What were your biggest challenges?" And it was interestingly, data was a big part of it, uh, executive sponsorship and buy-in. Uh, automation, right. and so sometimes we find that could be current customers of any software package. Um, it, you know, Dayforce not immune to this. It's really okay. Let's you know, you made this investment. Now let's kind of take a step back and just understand a health check in a way. Yep. Um, what's your adoption look like? Are you know what's the efficiency? Are you doing enough automation or workflow? So I think one set of questions we get. You know, going to your question on. 2024. I think with current customers, it's it's how can they improve and take it to to the next level. Uh, I right. think with prospects, a lot of times it is a combination of they've got you know some technology that maybe they've been on for a while. Maybe it's a portfolio that has a lot of different applications right. 
and they're looking to rationalize that portfolio. And so it's really helping them think through, okay, what makes the most sense? Um, we deal with a lot of customers in the global payroll space that have you know, 20, 30 different payroll vendors that they work with. And right. so the question is, is there a better way? Could we standardize onto one? And so, you know, Sweden plays our day force. I got, you know, yeah, yeah. remember the change here? Uh, plays uh, can play a big role there as well. So. Well, you, you see, I mean, what's interesting about that is I, I helped a, a company, it was a global company, we're just doing an audit, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you have? Because they were mm-hmm. asking me what to buy. I'm mm-hmm. like, um, okay, so before we get into the what to buy stuff, kind of a, a rush to kind of, you know, because like, what William, you see all this technology, what, you know, what should we be buying? I'm like, what do you have? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what do you have? Like, what's, what, what, are you, what are you paying for right now? So we went through this process, and it was about a three-month process, and it was a fun bit because they discovered, because they'd done so many acquisitions, that they had 16 different payroll systems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and didn't even know it. Yeah. Like, I was talking to the CHRO, and they're like, you, you know, first of all, I feel like a moron for, you know, for mm-hmm. telling you this, little William. Uh, but we discovered that we, because of these acquisitions, we just didn't even think about whether or not they were on the same technology. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, we should probably fix that first. <laughs> Yeah, I think that rationalization can save a lot of dollars. You can kind of reinvest. Right. Uh, looking at your benefits offerings. I mean, there's a lot of different ways right. that organizations just maybe need to do that hygiene. Uh, when we do our in, kind of biannual HR tech survey, that's one of the things we find is that, you know, I asked the question, do, do, we, do we think like your, your portfolio is going to continue to kind of decrease or, or increase? And Surprisingly, it's a lot of people say it's going to continue to increase. I know. And some of that, I think, is just the HR space where there's just always a new oh, type yeah. of thing, oh, yeah. whether it's wellness or whether it's oh, like, yeah. you know, volunteer, you know, tracking volunteering or alumni software. Uh, alumni, yeah, whatever. it just continues to expand. We don't see that as much in supply chain or right. ERP, but HR just has it in there's spades. A new, there's that, a new shiny object. Right. But that shouldn't be an excuse not to consolidate. 100%. You know, you're recruiting and you're onboarding and you're, you know, talent, et cetera. So I went to four conferences in the spring, all Sherm Tech, um, Sherm Talent, Unleash, and Transform. And by and large, a theme that kind of followed all of, all of those. Here we are at technology conferences and most of the practitioners talking to me, they're like, I just, I don't want to buy more tech. Mm-hmm. How do I get less tech? Yeah. I'm like, you're at a technology conference. Mm-hmm. Like, because, but that's the real, I mean, that's what's keeping them up at night is like, I feel like I need to have less. I mean, I know all these new things are cool, but how do I make it easier for people to log in, to get what they want, and have a good experience, et cetera, with not less technology in their mm-hmm. minds. It's just like not having all of this dysfunction or disjointedness in technology. Yeah. No, I think that's spot on. And you know, that's one of the things I'd, I would leave the listeners with too, is in terms of like just advice, which is, you know, when you pick, you know, pick that horse you're kind of riding on, or maybe it's two. You know, yeah, if you if right. you've got, you know, it's probably hard to have just one. Right. Um, but your main vendors, and then really just lean in and grow with them. A lot of times, as these new releases come out, I don't know that organizations really are focused on those capabilities 100%. and how can we use them. I'm not sure they're putting the budget in there. It's almost like they feel like there, you know, there is no finish line. Oh, there no. is no finish and line. It's so, a destination we'll yeah. never reach. That's right. So just keep, you know, there's got to be incremental spending every year to adapt the latest innovations right. and just lean in and let the vendors kind of guide you. The, those R&D departments are going to be 
you know, well, way bigger than anything you're going to be able to build on your own. Well, and the PwC is because you all have multiple customers. You can see across mm-hmm. all these global players and see best practices and then be able to feed it back to a customer. Right. Which I, I love. I think that's one of the benefits, if not hidden, explicit. It's a benefit of working with you because you're working with, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of customers mm-hmm. guiding them through this process. So I love that. I think the thing about the destination and getting to this place where people think that it's done. First of all, I, I kind of laugh at it. I kind of think it's funny mm-hmm. that we think that we're going to get to a place and it's like, okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. We don't have to add anything else. No. We, we're, it's never done because we're always going to have new users. Users are going to have needs, et cetera. And, and the vendor community is always going to be releasing different features. And the interesting thing, and I want to get your take on this, is when, a, when, a, when let's say Dayforce, when Dayforce has a new release, how do we get customers, how do y'all get you know, PwC, what's your take on getting customers to consume that change? Because they, as, a, as a software company, they look at new features and go, this is awesome. This is awesome. Okay, it is, and it is awesome. However, it's also change. It represents mm-hmm. change with your customers, right? So now they have to consume new change. How do y'all, because you're in the middle. Yeah. How do you manage that for? Well, one of the easiest ways, it, it, you know, we've got like application evolution services or application right. man services. And so, you know, that's an area where I do think organizations could benefit um, from that. I mean, because one of the things that we'll do is it's almost like that, you know, post-implementation right. as new releases come out, the service we provide to then say, okay, you know, here's what's in the release notes. We, we implemented so we can kind of tell you how best to use this, et cetera. Oh, cool. And you can do it kind of over a time and right. sort of a subscription-based model. And we're not the only ones that offer that, but that's something I think that that is helpful for organizations right. to have. Because if we're not doing it, then they for sure need to have that capability and have that be somebody's responsibility in the organization, yeah. on the HRIS team, if you will, that will do that. Right. It will stay ahead of it and make recommendations. And um, But otherwise... If we're there doing an implementation and there was a release in the middle of our project, then of course it's it's a natural. Right. But once we are done with what we've been scoped to do, right. we have rolled off. Then it's sort of incumbent upon clients to continue to do it. Now, I do think there maybe could be something valuable there to say, like uh, almost like an outreach or a newsletter or something maybe Try. that we could look into doing. We don't do today, but it could I, be a good idea. I love that. Uh, I to love that. kind of just educate people. because It's I, making yeah. sense of the world. Yeah. It's like making sense of the release. I think somebody needs to do that. I like the idea of an internal person, but I almost fear that they're going to get so bogged down that they're not going to really get the translation mm-hmm. as well as y'all would. Well, and to your earlier point, we're doing it to other customers. Right. So we've got multiple products going on at one time and on the various different releases. So it's easier for us to come back and say, hey, those that went live in 22, you know, here's some things we've learned in 2024 that you can take advantage of. I love that. Uh, I love someone. that. So, because it, the downside is that, you know, it, it you know, they, if it, they don't feel like the software is growing with them. That's right. And that's where it's like, well, it's not working for us. So It's because they didn't you know, know that they rolled this out three years ago. Right. That feature that somebody wants, mm-hmm. yeah, they already did that. And that's they, right. It just didn't get translated. I think y'all are in a perfect position to actually make sense of that, make sense of a release uh, for folks. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay. So let me, I got a couple more things real quick. So your partnership with uh, Dayforce, do you, do you find yourself on, on, on the case where they bring you in 
into a deal and say, hey, listen, this is one of our partners. They know us inside and out. You know, we either we can't do the implementation or they should do the implementation. Or is it the other way around where you're bringing them into accounts, et cetera? Like, how does that, how yeah, does that work? It really works both ways, um, as, as you would expect any kind of, right. you know, alliance or, you know, right. partnership to work. So It's a, it's a true two-way Yeah, I think there's certainly, so, you know, I think one of the things Ceridian sees about us in particular is, is we re- focus really on more of a transformation. So, um, you know, if they've got a customer that really is just wants to slam the software in, if right. you will, Right. Probably not. They're not probably going to think of us first. No. But if they're looking at an organization where they and see that. And that's not a good fit for you. It's not a good fit for us. Right. And, and there's others that will do that. Fine. Right. Uh, if you're looking at more of a transformation where we really want to change, like the employee experience or look at our HR operating model yep. or how we deliver HR services or, you know, focus on change management and communication, rollout, and, and really, you know, have – a, a different experience on the back end. That's what I do think the day force tends to kind of look look to us and right. they and they pull us in on some of right. those opportunities for sure. That's genius. And then I think similarly, when we have clients, you know, we know where they're strong. And right. so certainly and historically been in the in the workforce management kind of payroll area, but but every day I think getting broader in other areas, um, you know, we see opportunities where they would be a good fit and 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 we certainly kind of introduced them. That's right. Uh, much to when the you know client was like, "What should I buy?" You know, we typically, you know, don't tell a client to buy X. We typically say, "Hey, here's a couple you can consider." That's right. Go through the process, kick the tires. I see do the same. Yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah, see what's right for you, and so that's kind of uh, where we maybe introduce some opportunities for them. It's, to, it's the better way of. I mean, first of all, you're not forcing anything. You're not making a decision for them. You're just saying, "Listen, if I were in your situation with what you've got going on." Here's a three that I think you should demo and just kind of see. Yeah, that's what's right. Got him in that in that direction. So when I hear the words, the phrase "rip and replace," mm-hmm. I automatically kind of die a little bit. A little mm-hmm. bit of my soul gets crushed. Yeah, it's like if you if you really know the technology and you know it better than uh, most, there is no rip and replace mm-hmm. in any of the other stuff, especially something is uh, intrinsic into an organization as payroll. Mm-hmm. Like there's no rip and replace. Yeah, you got to really think through all the different things that you're actually trying to achieve, the business outcomes, etc. And it's not taking off a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. That's right. Putting yeah. on a new t-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. I had to get back to the one of the things that I love that y'all do is an audit, because you come in and actually look at what they do. I, I meant to say that earlier. I, I I love that because I I think that helps them before it's like a rush to make a decision to a technology it's like you know what we'll make a decision yes and yes we'll work fast but let's understand what we're doing this and why mm-hmm. yeah i think that's right yeah we call it kind of the health check um health check. and we've got some tools that really um you know focused in a couple of key dimensions i mean looking you know looking at the security controls looking at and you know sort of the segregation of duties which right. is something that we can kind of bring looking looking at your adoption right. and who's using it. Looking do you do at, process, process mapping or auditing? Looking at the process maps and looking at kind of the, what's the workflow and what's kind of the level of manual versus kind of automated. Um, you know, looking at kind of doing stakeholder interviews, understanding, uh, you know, are people kind of bought into the change and just looking across the various yeah. areas and just for opportunities for improvement, looking at the data and the data quality, um, how well they're using analytics uh, is another area where a lot of times organizations, you know, 
implement the software, but they don't get the insights. And, right. and here, what the whole conference is called insights. Yeah, yeah. That's really what we're trying to get at. And that's really working backwards at the beginning of projects to say, you know, what, what insights are you trying to get in the future you don't have today? And usually when, when organizations kind of lay that out, it all starts back with the data yep. that we're going to convert and who has access to it. So if I'm not converting the data to give you those insights and I'm not rolling out manager self-service for people to kind of self-serve and get those insights, then I'm really not going to satisfy right. that key criteria, which right. most CHROs will tell you is their biggest thing uh, for trying trying to do it. And so you're, you're holding up a mirror. What I love about that is you're holding up a mirror that they don't, you know, time and otherwise they can't see some of this stuff. They don't mm -hmm. go through that rigor. Y'all yep. are taking them through that rigor and you got tools and people and process to then say, okay, currently here's where you're at. Now, as you said, insights and insights and actions. Okay. Where do you want to go? Yep. You can go anywhere. So, but, but here's where you are. I think that just alone by itself, I think that's powerful. Yeah. Super yeah. helpful. And I, and I think it's, uh, and get back to my, my an, an Alabama sporting analogy. I'm right there with you. You know, one of the things Saban always tells the team is he's <laughs> like, if you want to be great, you don't have a lot of choices because it kind of takes what it takes. Mm -hmm. And that's what I sometimes want to tell our clients. It's yeah. like they have ambitions to be, yeah. you know, great employee experience, um, have fabulous insights, but then they really haven't, got the, they haven't really invested in the project to get there. They just right. sort of want it to happen. And it sort of takes what it takes. Right. Uh, if you just kind of skimp on the implementation and don't do a good, you know, data analysis and don't build the reports and don't dedicate your team's time to it. Yeah. You you're just it. not going to get it. That's you're right. going to get the result. That's and, right. And that's the, that's the hard lesson, I think, sometimes that, you know, well, we do a lot of these health checks. It's oh, yeah. I feel it didn't didn't really heed that in the kind of the beginning. Oh, well, if, I mean, first of all, I think it's just a wonderful thing to do with a customer to then show them all the things that, A, you bring all of uh, your customer experience to, to bear, but also you show them, hey, unique to you, this is what's going on. So it might feel like this. This is why it feels like that. Yep. Now let's change that into, okay, what do you want to, what do you want to be? What do you, the insights, as you said, what do you want insight-wise? I think one of the layers of insights is action. Okay, well, what type of actions do you want to take after you get the insights? Mm -hmm. um, you know I could talk to you all day, but Absolutely. I know yep. you've got like 19 <laughs> meetings behind this, so and thank no you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, happy to, happy to do it, and, and great to see you again, and good luck with the and rest of the Roll Tide. Times, yes, a Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for everyone listening. Until next time.